chapter 14, the Republic as if, political cynicisms one, the struggle goes on, quoting Franz Schauwecker, Aufbruch der Nation, 1928, page 372, swindle, concocted swindles, they all have their national colours, they will take care not to hoist the colours, they wouldn't even dream of it, pay attention to what comes afterward, I'll tell you, then comes Wilson's 14 points, 14 times 14, they won't give a damn about us. George Gross has just provided the slogan of the speech, quote, the rage at having been deceived, end quote. Disappointment, disillusionment, resolutions not to let oneself be deceived again. These are the psychopolitical fundamental motifs of the Weimar Republic. They intensify the reflectively cynical disposition of society into manifest aggression. Everywhere the bitter, the bitter feeling of having been deceived hung in the air of the new beginning. The war was over, but the state did not manage a demobilization. The Weimar peace became a continuation of war through other means. Today's research is in agreement that the Treaty of Versailles of 1919 represents the earth-shattering diplomatic mistake of the century. In it, it became clear for the first time that under modern capitalist imperialist premises, the relation of war and peace had become something different from what it previously had been in European history. In the First World War, if the First World War had already introduced a new quality of international warfare, then in the Treaty of Versailles, a harsher quality of peace was hinted at. The victors had already won a principle. Uh, the victors had already won, in principle, a total war, without, however, demonstrating their success through a total victory, invasion, occupation, foreign administration, etc. The German capitulation came a little before the collapse of the Western Front and the invasion of Germany by the Allies. Thus, the Allies' victory was indeed unambiguous, but not fought out to the last military consequence. The German capitulation happened, as we know, from numerous sources, to a large extent in the expectation of a bearable peace, an expectation that burst in the early summer of 1919 as the conditions of the Treaty of Versailles became known. Here it was demonstrated that the victors did not have in mind any chivalrous gestures of honour towards the conquered, and that they thought of transforming the total war into a total victory, as well, through diplomatic means. From this moment on, the despondency of the losers, who by that time for the most part had become thoughtful and were prepared to discuss a sensible new beginning, began to dissolve into an outraged refusal. The Versailles Treaty had the same effect on the losers, as if the victors had broken the real truce. From now on, the dull impulses to deny what had happened received their external seed for crystallisation. From then on, an outbreak into aggressive defiance became objectively possible. In Hitler's Mein Kampf, 1925, we find passages in which the dynamics of such denial can be grasped in a crystalline form. Hitler describes how he as loser, would have liked to dictate to the victors the conditions under which he would rather have lost the war, in any case not this way. Quote, Does a military defeat have to lead to a total collapse of a nation or a state? Since when is this the result of an unhappy war? End quote. Edition of 1937, page 250. 
Hitler proceeds from historical experiences in which the phenomenon of such total war and total defeat was not yet known. Hitler now wants to reduce this historical innovation to a well-known magnitude. He speculates that the Great Collapse is attributable to two factors, military defeat and inner betrayal. The first factor alone, he thinks, would have been withstood. Quote from page 251. For if the front as such had really failed, and if through its misfortune the fate of the fatherland had been put on the agenda, then the German people would have taken the defeat upon itself in quite a different way. We would have then borne the subsequent misfortune with clenched teeth. Even the capitulation would have been signed only with the head, while the heart would have already sounded the coming uprising. And now the myth of inner putrefaction follows, from page 250. Unfortunately, the military defeat of the German people is not an undeserved catastrophe, but a well-earned disciplining of an external, uh, of an eternal retribution. We have more than deserved this defeat. Hitler transla- translates the political military debacle of Wilhelminianism and the fall of German feudal capitalism into the moral language of blame and sin. For nothing has happened for which we ourselves were not to blame. Our offence consisted in not having hindered the strengthening of socialist, pacifist, liberal, democratic and quote-unquote Jewish elements in society. The collapse, according to Hitler, was a, quote, uh, from page 152, consequence of an ethical and moral poisoning of a lessening of the drive for self-preservation, end quote. Only thus could it have come to mutinies of troops, strikes and munitions factories, etc., towards the end of the war. The battlefront was intact. Only the home front had let us down and betrayed those out there. In this way, Hitler pushes the front inward. Outwardly, the war may be at end, but in the interior it goes on as a campaign against the Democrats, pacifists and others who needed the military defeat for the victory of their own convictions. With this, Hitler outlines unmistakably a situation of civil war. On the opposite side, he sees the Jews and their, quote, Marxist organ of struggle, end quote, as well as the entire horde of Democrats, socialists and company. Quoting from page 250, did they not in some circles express downright joy at the fatherland's tragedy? Pardon me. Hitler even claims to have observed contemporaries who, at the end of the war, had, quote, laughed and danced, who extolled their own cowardice, and had, quote, glorified the defeat, end quote. See also the Pasewalk, Pasewalk? Infirmary anecdote discussed later. With this, Hitler projects his own catastrophile structure into the opponent, for the real winner as a result of the catastrophe had been he himself, who discovered his calling in it. At the same time, in his projection, he does understand parts of reality correctly. There really were many who had been awakened to political consciousness by the war, and who were relieved that the Wilhelminian Junker regime, which had become intolerable, could be driven off. Other groups welcomed the revolution as the beginning of a new era for humanity, and others openly announced that their cause would be able to succeed as a result of the catastrophe suffered by the capitalist nation. Something of this resounds in the tone of the, quote, guiding principles of the Central Committee of the German Communist Party on the Peace of May 19, 1919. 1. 
the peace conditions of the alliance with respect to Germany are the balance of the inner and outer situation of Germany after four and a half years of a lost imperialist war. Parentheses. Serves you right, question mark? Close parentheses. Three. The peace conditions of the alliance systematically exploit this inner and external political bankruptcy. Four, the situation is absolutely hopeless for the government of bankrupt imperialism, no matter what it undertakes. End quote. Quote taken from Documenta zur Deutschen Geschichte, 1919-1923, editors Wolfgang Ruger and Wolfgang Schumann, Frankfurt, 1977, pages 17-18. The Communist Party thus rejected both the acceptance of the treaty as well as its rejection. For the German proletariat, one was as bad as the other. But what would be the alternative, or the alternative to the alternative? Is there a third road? Yes, a proletarian dictatorship, and only this could then accept or reject without it being, quote, immediately disastrous for the proletariat. This is how the language of a cynical hyperrealism sounds that accepts the fact that the catastrophe occurred because of the quote-unquote nature of things, and that those who know this can talk about it as if they were not touched by it, but were in alliance with it. Hitler likewise tries on the role of the great diagnostician. For him too the catastrophe was a necessity, and as such it reveals an aspect that points towards the future. From pages 243 to 54... For the German people, we can almost regard it as a great fortune that the period of its insidious disease was suddenly shortened by such a terrible catastrophe, for otherwise the nation would surely have perished more slowly, but all the more surely. It is then already, of course, a bitter fortune when destiny decides to intervene into the slow process of putrefaction, and with a sudden stroke presents the end of the sickness to those suffering from it. For this is not the first time that such a catastrophe has come down to this. It can then easily become the cause of a cure that sets to work with extreme resoluteness. End quote. Bitter fortune. This is the sharpest expression of populist dialectics. Political sadism in, in medical metaphors. Pathological cynicism in political metaphors. Already at the hour of birth of the Republic, the political surgeons on the far right and the far left have taken their positions and sharpened the ideological scalpels with which they want to cut the cancerous growth out of the German patient. Both are scarcely interested in the current situation in Germany. They look into the future and dream of the day when the grand operation can take place. Thus the struggle goes on. The faint-hearted spirit of the new beginning, however it may have looked, which in the seven months between the capitulation in November 1918 and the signing of the Versailles Treaty in May 1919 had, had had its small chance. From then on, it was pulverised between a multitude of realisms, sophisticated tricks, defiant postures and duplicitous thoughts about the future. Ernst Toller had one, has one of the men who was there during the revolution of 1918 say in 1927 Quote, it is all a matter of tactics, my dear. End quote. Ten years later, he was practicing real politic. Hey, we're alive. <laughs>